The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish but might have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, does not practice social distancing. Now, before you spread a rumor that I'm promoting a rebellion or that I'm telling you to ignore any directives we've been asked to follow, I want to explain. First of all, we know that in the midst of a pandemic, what we've been doing is good. Practicing physical distancing, washing our hands, keeping people at home who are at risk, wearing masks around people, All these things, all these precautions that we've been doing to keep ourselves and one another healthy, it's a good thing. We want to stop the spread of the virus. That's been the goal. So I'm not saying that we should rebel against any kind of social distancing or physical distancing. But when it comes to the Lord, he does not practice social distancing. So what do I mean? Well, today we celebrate this wonderful solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity, the central mystery of our faith. We worship one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's an incomprehensible mystery. It's a mystery that we will not fully grasp until we are with the Lord in eternal life. But to try to simplify this mystery as much as possible, we can turn to Scripture. It's always good to turn to Scripture. In the first letter of John, chapter 4, verse 8, St. John tells us who God is. He says, God is love. God is love. Love is God's essence. The Holy Trinity, then, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, are a communion of persons in love, a communion of love, eternally sharing love with one another. And love gives. Love always gives. Love always wills the good to the other person. This is why in today's gospel we hear that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish but might have eternal life. Notice what it doesn't say. St. John doesn't say God so loved the world that he remained at a distance to always watch over us. No. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. 
God became man in the person of Jesus Christ to redeem us, to open the path to eternal life for us. God was not content to remain at a distance. He became one of us in all things but sin. The Holy Trinity does not practice social distancing. Last weekend, we celebrated the great solemnity of Pentecost. What, what is Pentecost but the Father and the Son giving the Holy Spirit to the church? Love gives. They send the Holy Spirit, and the church is born. God is with us. God dwells with us. God does not remain at a distance. And the Lord calls each of us to be a reflection of Trinitarian love. We are called to be a reflection of God's love in the world. But how do we do this, practically speaking? And how do we do it in the concrete situation in which we find ourselves living today in the United States? I'd be remiss if I didn't allow this wonderful feast to instruct us, to inform us, to teach us how we are to respond to what's happening in our country, to the horrific murder that we saw. Unfortunately, so many of us saw the video of the murder of, of George Floyd and then the ensuing protests throughout the country, much of peaceful protests, thank God, Unfortunately, much violence and destruction. Nonviolence is always more powerful than violence. So how do we respond? How does the Feast of the Holy Trinity teach us? Well, we can't dismiss the voices of those who are crying out against injustice. We can't just dismiss that. Unfortunately, the sin of racism is real. And it is a sin. Catechism calls racism a sin. But we know that there are extremes, right? There are those who believe that systemic racism runs so deep that it infects most people in law enforcement and most people in our country. And then there are those who completely dismiss racism as being an issue at all. It seems to me that the truth would be somewhere in the middle. The overwhelming majority of those in law enforcement, we know, we have them in our parish, wonderful police in our community, serve with integrity, with a desire to serve, a desire to protect the community. We know that. And most Americans despise racism. However, it would be foolish for us to think that racism doesn't exist, that it's not a problem, that it has caused and continues to cause grave harm in communities, in our country, and throughout the world. So how do we as Christians respond? Well, one step, and by the way, we, only, we can only take steps, right? To eradicate injustice in the world, 
is a process. There's no magic wand that we can wave to make it go away. One step that you and I can take in our own individual lives is to imitate the Holy Trinity's disdain for physical distancing, social distancing. God dwells with us. He is close to us. And so what I mean is you and I need to do the same thing in our lives with our fellow human beings. We have to be willing to be vulnerable. Vulnerable enough to listen, to open our hearts and our ears, to listen to those who feel that they have been victims, to listen to their pain, to listen to their stories, to try to understand their stories with deep empathy. We have to be willing to do what St. Paul tells us in the second reading. Mend your ways, encourage one another, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Sadly, it seems in our society that the ability to dialogue has disappeared. It's easier to hurl insults and judgments at one another on Twitter or Facebook. It's much easier to do that. Much easier to hide behind a computer screen and to hurl insults and judgments at one another. If I'm honest, I've given into that trap myself. But no one wins arguments on social media, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> no one wins arguments on social media. We have to be vulnerable enough to enter into the lives of other people to listen, to see the dignity of each person, to see each person as a child of God and to embrace them as a child of God, to be vulnerable enough and to have the courage enough to examine our own attitudes, to honestly reflect upon the times in my life that maybe I have contributed to injustice through the things that I've said and done in my life whether the injustice of racism or any other injustices that we see in our society, we have to be willing to have the courage to examine our lives to do that. And then to be able to enter into the lives of other people, to listen to their stories. In short, let's not distance ourselves from others. Let's not judge Let's imitate the Holy Trinity and get close to people. To be vulnerable. Then, and only then, can we make progress in eradicating racism and other injustices in our time.